T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, let's do some stuff with Albert. Albert, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Mike? Albert Breer is with us now as we get ready for this uh, NFL season. So I unfortunately have to start with the headline of the day. I hate talking about Antonio Brown, but let's start there. Go ahead. Well, you know, I, Mike, I, I do TV in Boston with Troy Brown, and uh, he has this saying, money only makes you more of what you already are. That's it. And, and he's one of the great team guys of all time, Troy Brown. Right. So one of the best ever. Yeah. Yes. And it's just, you know, whatever you think you're getting at $1 million a year, you're going to get more of it $15 bucks a year. And, uh, you know, the things I look at here, I, you know, look, I mean, his reputation in Pittsburgh, he was the hardest worker in the building, productive as hell, and that was the one thing that gave him cover on a lot of other things. And Mike Tomlin has done a very good job over the last seven or eight years keeping the lid on a lot of personalities there. Um, what you saw over the last nine months was a change, and I think it's largely due to the fact that he shot his way out of Pittsburgh. He was rewarded for that with $30 million guaranteed. And then over the summer, all of these antics went unpunished and, in fact, actually wound up getting an endorsement deal out of the whole helmet fiasco. And so he's been empowered beyond um, yep. you know, what he'd already earned in Pittsburgh. And I, I just, you know, I, it's hard to say any of this is a surprise. I think Mike Mayock's bet in this whole thing was, because football is important to him, because he's a competitor, when it matters, he's going to be locked in. And um, it looks like the Raiders were very, very wrong about that. Here's what, here's what Brown figured. I'm big enough here. I'm bigger than a general manager. Okay? I can do yep. what I want. I'm big. You know, he, he's basically saying to Mayock, you don't want to show down with me because I mean more to this team than you do. And Gruden still runs this team. You don't. And that bottom line is Gruden's going to back me. Well, finally, Gruden has got to back his general manager here. He has no choice exactly where they're at, Mike. I mean, I, I think that to some degree there was a good cop, bad cop thing going on here. And I, I will say this, the tone in the Oakland buildings changed over the last year. If you talk to people there this time last year, they would tell you everything that was wrong with the roster. Um, and there was a divide between Gruden guys and, and, and non-Gruden guys. And now, I, you know, I think Gruden's really been focused on getting everybody on board and, and not having that division and for that reason, he's taken ownership of the Brown situation. And I think Antonio Brown sensed that and has taken advantage of it. Absolutely. And now it almost feels like Antonio Brown is drawing a line in the sand. Well, Antonio Brown was saying to Mayock, you. You, you can't tell me what to do because Gruden's my man right. and Gruden will back me, not you. And now Mayock yep. basically had to say in a closed room to Gruden, hey, you can't, you got to back me on this or I'm not going to have a job here. So the bottom line is uh, Brown said, I probably Mayock tried to tell Brown something, and Brown didn't do it. And Gruden backed him up, and he said, "I got this guy." Okay, it's something Jerry Jones does with his players all the time to his coaches. He does it all the time, and the players say, "I don't have to listen to you." Jerry Jones is going to back me. Well, if Gruden backs him and doesn't back Mayock, Mayock's dead. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think you know it's. I mean, look, you just can't let you can't let him keep getting away with it, you know. And and I think they they let him get get away with a lot this summer. And he was clearly in the wrong. I think anybody who has a, a shred of common sense saw some of the stuff that Antonio Brown was doing 
and, you know, just looked at it and said, well, the Raiders are backing him because he's a talented guy. Yep. And what we saw yesterday when he posted the fine letter and basically put his own missteps on someone else, I think it made Mike Mayock's mind was when Antonio Brown crossed the line. He made public what was a private conversation. Mayock confronted him about it, and that's where things blew up. Well, here's the thing. Are we sure? Because this is what I'm still thinking that Gruden's saying to himself, wait a second. I brought that guy here for a reason. I brought him here because I want my offense to have that kind of capability. I want him to be yep. my home run hitter. I have to have that. But the question now is, what kind of order do they have if he lets Brown trample all over Mayock? I mean, I, and, and what does it mean for the locker room, too? Yeah. You know, yeah. Mike, I mean, I, like, like that's the thing is. And, you know, another great lesson I've learned being around the league for 15 years and, and seeing the great teams is you are who your best players are. And normally, you know, you, 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 you look at the great teams and they normally have not only great players, but really good guys at the head of the locker room. They have peer and leadership. Those, they have peer and, leadership. Yep. And those guys, and those guys set the tone for everybody because yep. the 40th guy in the roster, the 45th guy in the roster, he's looking at the best player and he's seeing what that guy can get away with. He's seeing how that guy interacts with the coaches, how that guy interacts with the front office. The, the younger guy at the bottom of the roster is watching all of that. And it can have a trickle down effect. And I honestly think that if you want to go back a couple of years, this is what happened with the Giants. Is everyone in that locker room no saw question. all the stuff that Odell Beckham could get no away with? Question. And now all of a sudden Eli Apple's in trouble and Dominique Rogers Cromartie's in trouble. And it all trickled down because they were letting Odell no Beckham get away question. with X, Y, and Z. And that's the risk here for Gruden is that if he lets Antonio Brown get away with this again, well, what happens when in the end of September, the middle of October, a young player is faced with a decision of whether he wants to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Now he's been enabled to do the wrong thing. And so here's the problem with this, this Albert. Here's the problem with it. Gruden prides himself on being that coach who can separate the character from the player and be okay with the character. The problem here, though, is he runs this entire place, and if he lets him trample on Mayock, Mayock's dead. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and and that, and, and it really is all on Gruden now. And you know what, Mike? The more I think about this, you wanted the crown, you wanted the power, you wanted to have the run of the entire place. This is the price. You know, like, yep, this is it. And I'm not sure he, see, people said he's going to get suspended. I said, you know what? I'm not positive yet because Gruden might say to Mayock, listen, I need this guy. We got to work this out. And if he does, Mayock's dead because this guy's going to, he's going to thumb his nose at Mayock every time he sees him. Right. And so the question becomes now does he do what he did with Keyshawn Johnson all those years ago, where he put Keyshawn Johnson on his shelf and told him to get lost? I think the difference is, and this is a very important difference that I think some people might not pay attention to, but they should. Gruden didn't acquire Keyshawn Johnson. Nope, he did not. Gruden inherited, Gruden inherited yep. Keyshawn Johnson. Yep. Gruden acquired Antonio Brown. And so this one is on him. And for him to separate from Antonio Brown here, it would require him saying, I was wrong. Can he do that? I mean, that's a, to me, that's a central question to all of this. I totally agree. And this is one where I, 
I, we all know what the right thing is, but the problem is Gruden wants talent, and he and he and he has to have this home run hitter in his offense, or he doesn't feel comfortable. And he went out and gave this guy a ton of money to come here, and he knew he was looking at warts. But now this guy has made an issue with the authority inside the organization. Do they have an organization? If or they have chaos, and that's going to be, the, you know, I'm not sure Brown's going to lose this one. I, that's my point. I think it might yeah. come. I, I'm not sure yet that Brown's going to lose not, this one. And I'm not sure he is either, just because I think, I think Gruden really wants to win, and he knows how great a player this is, and that's yeah. what puts him behind between a rock and a hard place. But Mayock's I mean, dead. For, Mayock's dead if it happens. He's dead. He yeah. he he basically has lost. You know, basically he can't tell Antonio Brown anything, man. Well, you can't tell. I mean, it's, you lose juice with the other players, too. I mean, yeah. it's not just Antonio Brown, then. It's you had a confrontation. The coach sided with the other guy. Like, you've lost all your juice in the building. And so it's complicated from that standpoint. And I'm with you. I mean, I think there's a part of it. There's, there's definitely a part of Gruden right now. And I think they're out of practice right now, and he'll talk after practice. But there's definitely a part of Gruden right now thinking to himself, this is a great player. How can I figure out a way to work this out? And I just, I, like, I don't know that there is an out, Mike, because it really feels like what Antonio Brown's done here, whether it was intentional or not, has basically drawn a line in the sand. He has. And said to, and said to Gruden, it's me or him. That's it's it. me or Mayock. And, and you know what? And Gruden wa- and you and I both know Gruden wants Brown in the worst way. Yeah. yeah. So it's no going question. to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, let's get to tonight's game. Packers. Bears, and here's the question I have before I get to the Bears, who a lot of people are in love with. Uh, before I get to that, have the Packers filled their holes? They were very, they had a very uneven offseason, they had a lot yeah. of chaos, they said they aired a lot of dirty laundry, they did a lot of things that weren't pretty. For the first time, you heard them knocking their superstar quarterback. Uh, where are the Packers right now? Well, I, I think the defense is going to be better, and that'll help, right? Like, so, like, let's get that kind of out of the way first. I, I think Mike has the sort of guys that he needs in that side of the ball. They believe Jair Alexander is going to be a top five corner for them. Bringing the edge rushers, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, um, those guys had a good spring. Good, they they should be ready to go. It's the sort of pressure type of defense that Petten wants. Like, they'll pieces for that kind of defense there. So, I mean, and I think they've got pieces on offense. Really, so much of this is going to come down to what we've been talking about the the hostages, melding what Matt Lafleur wants to do with who Aaron Rodgers is, and the challenge in that, Mike, that offense. If you look at it, it's worked for a lot of young quarterbacks. It worked for Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. It worked for Jared Goff in Los Angeles, and the reason why is because it takes so much off the quarterback. The center makes the protection calls, and a lot of cases, the reads are simple. Uh, they do everything they can to try to get a quarterback playing fast. And how you bring a quarterback in there. We're talking with Albert Breer. I think we might have lost him for a second. We'll try and reconnect here. Uh, let me, I'll read a spot while we reconnect with him right now. We have him on. We're talking about the Packers and the they Bears. Who will play. The there you go. Go ahead. We got you back now. Go ahead. Who is a very, very advanced player. And so I think so much of this is going to come down to how much how far LaFleur has been willing to go towards Rodgers and make the system work for Rodgers, which he's made an effort to do, and then Rodgers' willingness to play within the system because the belief of all those coaches, this is from Kyle Shanahan, Schmick Bay, and all the way to the big 
Humphrey, right? The belief is that that offense provides a quarterback with every, every answer he needs. And I guarantee you Matt LaFleur believes all the answers are there for Aaron Rodgers. The question now is going to be whether or not he takes them. But all the answers have always been there for Aaron Rodgers. He's as physically talented as anybody who's ever played the position. The question is, can you protect them? And last year they couldn't protect yeah. him anymore, you know? Now, and, and look, like they've got good players up front. Obviously, their their left tackle David Bakhtiari has been a good player for a long time, and I I think a piece of this too is the system making that work for them a little bit better. And that so much is based off of play action, and so much is based on tying the run game to the passing game. And you know as well as anyone, Mike, that is a way of sort of alleviating some of the protection concerns. So I think some of what they believe is going to make a difference as far as protecting Rodgers is the system itself doing things to keep the defense at bay. All right, are you a Bear believer? Are you on the bandwagon? The Bears have a big bandwagon. Now, we know they have talent. We know they have talent, but you know what? It's still a tough division. Do you think the Bears have have moved to the level of being a real serious contender? I think the talent's there, like you said. And the division, here's the part, part of the dynamic last year. I mean, the Vikings were down, the Packers were down, the Twins were down, right? So, I mean, the Bears deserve everything they got, but circumstantially things sort of worked out for them too. Um, so, you know, they're working against that, but I think that that's still a really good division, maybe the best in the league if all those teams bounce back. And it's going to be hard to maintain the defensive performance they had last year. First team in forever to lead the league in total defense and takeaways. They lose their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. Chuck Pagano's in there to replace him. They've lost some bit pieces too. If that defense is just a tick worse, right, which I think you'd expect, just a natural regression, maybe they're third in some categories they were first in last year, can Mitch Trubisky make up the difference? And that, to me, is why you hire Matt Nagy, because you're trying to get the most out of your young quarterback. And so I think a huge piece of this is going to boil down to whether, whether Mitch Trubisky can take a little bit more on his shoulders. If he can, then I think they can be as good as they were last year, but that's a big if. Yeah, I think it's a big if myself, uh, and I agree with you. The division's better. It's kind of now and never for the Vikings. Uh, all right, yep. what team? Big picture now. Um, do you, give me a surprise team in the NFC. Give me a surprise team in the uh, AFC. Somebody who will do better than the what? What the conventional wisdom is? I think the Panthers are lying in the weeds in the NFC as a team that was playing really, really well when Cam got hurt last year. They've got good talent around him. Cam himself was playing great, and Ron Rivera is calling the defense now. And so I think the Panthers have a chance to challenge the Saints in the NFC South, and they were a perennial playoff team before last year anyway. Uh, Over in the AFC, I mean, I'm tempted to tell you the Steelers because I think they're going to win the division when everybody else thinks they're going to win the Browns, when when a lot of other people think it's going to be the Browns. Uh, The Steelers wouldn't be much of a surprise. So I'll tell you a team that I think is not going to make the playoffs, but it's going to come closer than people think is the Buffalo Bills. And I just like what Brandon Bean's done there his first two years. They had a very good first year under Sean McDermott, who I think is a fantastic head coach. And then they ripped the Band-Aid off. They rebuilt last year. And I like the young talent they brought in. And I like some of the middle-class free agent signings, guys like the center, Mitch Morris, John Brown. Cole Beasley. And so I think they've done a lot of things right there. It's going to boil down to how well the, the young quarterback plays, how much progress Josh Allen makes. 
But as far as just the way they've built, I think the Buffalo Bills have a surprise, have, have a chance to surprise some people. All right, we're talking with Albert Breer. The NFL begins this evening. Give me a thought on the Jets and then a thought on the Giants. My thought on the Jets is they're still probably a year away, and I think that Joe Douglas and Adam Gase know that. I think we'll see flashes of what they can be. My issue with the Jets is they've got issues. Their problems are in two areas where – I think NFL teams can't afford to have issues. Offensive line and corner. corner. That's it. And I think and I think that those two issues are going to be what takes that. What what where that that's going to be ultimately what holds the Jets back in 2019. But I think they're headed in the right direction. They've got the right GM. They've got the right quarterback. I like their coach. As for the Giants, I'll tell you this: like an underrated thing that we saw this preseason when we were all watching Eli and we were all watching Daniel Jones. That offensive line started to make some strides. No, they have a. They finally have an offensive line. Plus, the right side can block for the pass, which it hasn't been able to do at any point in the last four years. And I and I think that that makes all the difference in the world. And so, do I think the Giants are going to be great? No. In fact, I think they finished third in the division behind Philly and Dallas. But I, I think one of the things that Dave Gettleman's quietly started to do, he's reestablished the Giants' strength in the lines of scrimmage. And ultimately, I think that'll pay off. And I think ultimately, this will be a better team the second half of the year than it is at the beginning of the year, maybe with Dan Jones in there at quarterback. How shocking is it to you to have the once-proud Dolphins clearly tanking for Tua uh, this early in the season? I, Mike, Mike, here's what I would tell, I'd tell you what I've heard. Which What I've heard is that the owner basically has a mandate to, to the GM, Chris Greer, to the head coach, Brian Flores. We, once and for all, need to have a franchise quarterback here and move heaven and earth to go and get that franchise quarterback. And so and they were sort of stuck in that no-man's land, almost like a 45-win NBA team where they were okay but not great in a lot of areas in the roster. I, so I think they could use the rebuild to begin with, but I think this mandate from the owner to go and find a quarterback just kicked everything into overdrive. And so, I, look, they're going to be really bad this year. Brian Flores is asking a lot of those guys. It's going to be a challenge to keep everybody on board. But to me, the end game here is what everybody thinks it is, which is finding a franchise quarterback. In fact, you know, my understanding is that the owner sort of mandated that. Mandated that. And so whether it's Tua Tagovailoa, whether it's Justin Herbert, whether it's Trevor Lawrence in two years, one way or another, Chris Greer and Brian Flores know they need to find their way to the next guy. Well, they should have the first pick this year, and if they do, that's Tua. There's no question. Plus, with their, with they, what they've set up with their stockpile, they could get him and Judy, and Judy's going to be a top-five player to wide receiver at Alabama also. He's going to be a top player. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. If they, if they can make it through this year, Mike, and it's tough. It's tough to try to establish. Very hard for them. Through. There'll be nobody at their games, too. Absolutely right. nobody. I mean, to try to establish what Brian Ford is going to try to establish – given the circumstance, it's going to be very difficult. But if he can have a competitive team this year, I'm not saying win games, but just a team that competes and fights and all that different stuff, um, they can, if they can come out of that this year with that, then I think they've got a chance just because they've got so much capital going forward. i got to feel there's a guy up in New England saying, I told you so to him, because to me, he takes the job. He's a prized guy, a prized Belichick pupil. He yep. goes there. Now, he's in the division, number one. Number two, he's not used to losing. He, 
everything you hear about him is that he is a terrific coach. I don't know him, but I yeah. hear wonderful things about the guy as a coach. Yeah. I hear yeah. he's got a chance to be a big-time coach from people I trust, and, and he's going to have a nightmare this year. And they, uh, you know what? Like, what's interesting, Mike, all those guys who were in the building three, four years ago, like a lot of those guys would have told you that they think Brian Flores was the best coaching prospect of all of them. I'm telling so, you, absolutely. I've heard he, yeah. they, they think he's going to be a star. Right. And so here's the challenge of it, right? He's done a lot of the same things that Matt Patricia got killed for last year in Detroit. Matt Patricia got murdered for a lot of the stuff that he did, the running the laps, the, yep. the, the, all, all the different discipline stuff that they did. Well, he's doing the same things in Miami. And I'm just telling you, it's hard to sell that when you aren't winning games. And it's even harder to sell that when the roster is being stripped down because you're in essence telling players, we need you to be all in for what you're doing today. We need you to be all in for right now. We need to be all in, you would be all in for, for this year. And then those players are smart enough to look around and say, well, wait a second, you're not all in for this year. And I may be gone after that. And so that's the tightrope that Brian Flores has to walk right now. I think he's the right man for the job, but it's not going to be easy trying to walk that tightrope. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right. Um, I'm trying to think of where else there's. I, um, I think right now from preseason, the two most talented teams, the best team in the league last year was the, set, were the Chiefs. They didn't win the Super Bowl. They should have. Uh, if they had been the Super Bowl, they would have won. They should have beat the Pats. We know that. They scored 30 points against them in the second half, and except for an offsides, they win the game. Um, I think the Chiefs and the Saints are the best teams. You counter with that? You got someone you want to put in the same grouping, or do yeah, you think they're the best I, teams? I think you're right there. Um, I have both those teams in my final four. I would tell you, I think right now the best roster in the league is the Eagles. And I just tell you and this is this is an easy way to relate it to the people in new york joe douglas the new gm there told me the hardest thing about leaving philadelphia was how loaded he believed the eagles roster was in fact he said to me it was it's a better roster now than it was in 2017 and they won the super bowl that year i agree with that i think they're very talented i agree with you i think they're very good i think that the saints And the Eagles and the Rams are talented. The only thing I'm worried about the Rams is the quarterback. They just gave him a ton of money, but he played yeah. he played the worst Super Bowl I ever in person saw a quarterback play in my whole life. And that even includes Kerry Collins against because I can I can at least say that he was up against a ferocious defense. This yeah. guy missed more open receivers than anybody that he should have hit than anybody I ever saw in my life in the Super Bowl. And I think the context changes on him now, too, Mike. I mean, like the, the, the issue for him now, like, I know a lot of people have said, like, yo, well, you know, Todd Gurley got hurt and C.J. Anderson did the job. Well, C.J. Anderson was doing the job for maybe two, three weeks at a time. It's different when you take somebody like Todd Gurley out, out of the equation for the entire season. And so if Gurley isn't the same guy, and I don't – I just tell you, I don't think the Rams are quite sure yet what they're going to get from Todd Gurley. If he's not the same guy that he was in 2017 and for most of 2018, the dynamic changes. And I think that's one of the things that Belichick was able to pick at in the Super Bowl was when you take the running game away, this is a different quarterback, and we need to speed things up on the quarterback. They were able to do that. I think he's going to be challenged in those sorts of ways again in 2019. And – 
if Todd Gurley is not the same guy, it's going to be a lot harder to stop teams from doing it. You know, wait, what should have been the headline of that game was about a 10-point Ram win and people talking about Wade Phillips having one of the great game plans in Super Bowl history yeah. because he – I understand Edelman made a couple of plays, and he was a great player, Edelman. But the bottom line is they kept Tom Brady off the board the entire day. They Every time Tom went long to Hogan, he didn't hit one pass the entire game. He hit one pass to Gronkowski in the entire game when they finally singled him late in the game, which they never should have done. But they played a brilliant defensive game. It should have been a winning game, except their quarterback missed wide-open touchdowns. Yeah, Wade crushed it. I mean, Wade... He was brilliant. I mean, he, he was brilliant. And, it was a brilliant he, game plan, yes. And they got and they put and, and, and that defense got put in some tough spots and responded. They had the pick at the beginning of the game. Yep. Um, Wade was fantastic in that game. And so I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. They're the the Rams are in such an interesting spot now because some of their pieces on defense are getting a little bit older. And so I'm not saying the window's gonna close on them because I think McVeigh's established something there that's gonna be lasting. I, I just say with this group Marcus Peters is a free agent after next year. Aaron Donald's a year older. Aqib Tlaib's a year older. I, you know, you, you, you look across the board, and there are some pieces. Andrew Wentworth at left tackle on offense. Yep. There are some pieces that have gotten a little bit older and or are coming closer to the end of contracts, and so that window might not be quite as wide open as it once was. All right, enjoy your football. Good to talk to you, Albert. Thanks very much. All right, have a good weekend, Mike. My pleasure. Albert Breer, back after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.